Hey, Neil, what's with this music? We're not Irish. I'm celebrating Beverly. What? It's St. Patrick's Day. Welcome to episode 186 of Wolf's Cast, the show that also dropped 60 cents, then picked it up because that's a lot of money. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to the show, everybody. Another week of Timberwolves basketball. You're here with us, Wolf's Cast. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you for tuning in today, downloading this episode, and now beaming it straight into your earbuds. Uh, thank you for being with us, Scott. How are you? How is uh, how how is your week? How how is uh, watching the Timberwolves win basketball games? It's been great, Neil. Oh yes. There's one thing that's been kind of weird is that I can't like it just seems like I can't help spoil but spoil the game before. <laughs> like, I think there was one game in this past week I didn't spoil it before myself. And what was the thing uh, from like a few weeks ago that was like a new way? This oh, it was spoiled? a Slack notification from the Cana <laughs> Slack, which yeah. I just I don't get any Slack notifications. That's why I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, but a different, a different and unique way to spoil every game happened almost this week. I think there was one game I didn't watch that wasn't spoiled. So wow. Well, um, but I'm sorry I, to hear that. It's been a great week. You know, if you're going to get a game spoiled, it's always nice to hear that there's going to be a good outcome because then you can yeah. really relax while you're watching the game when you see like uh, the Lakers make this huge comeback and you were up 23 and then they almost tie it oh instead of like feeling your heart go in your throat you know <laughs> and start worrying and start yeah. cussing out every mistake you're like I got this game spoiled for me I know it's gonna be okay and, yeah. and you don't have to clutch so tightly at your couch but that's half the fun of being a sports fan I understand so. yeah riding the waves up and down I suppose is, is that yeah I've had a couple spoiled for me this week I mean that's just the risk that we run by not watching live sometimes that's you know it's kind of built into that equation yeah you know? I can't complain about it too much because the answer is just watch it live you know yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, I like to watch it on replay most nights. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm always like my own worst enemy. Like I just somehow like accidentally flip over to Instagram and like, boom, I just see it. it's like the first thing that's on there is like the, you know, just even just like some photo of like a smiling Wolves player, which just tells you, <laughs> tells you everything you need to know. You might not know the final score. You don't know the contours of the game, but you know, the Wolves won't post a smiley picture of a player if, if they lost the game that night. Just a little tip. Yeah, there was uh, one game I spoiled because most of the time I'm really good. Don't go on Reddit. Don't go on Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. that stuff will spoil it for you. There's one time I was on Reddit and just browsing the front page. I was like, Timberwolves never make the front page. Oh, yeah. That's how I got the 76ers <laughs> game spoiled for me because Harden made as many three pointers in that uh, game as Ben Simmons made in any game. And uh-huh. that fact made it onto the Reddit homepage. But usually I'm pretty good about not looking at things like that. But I did spoil a Spurs game for myself. And like, so I'm watching the game. I'm like, I'm, I'm happy we know we're going to win yeah, this. Yeah, bad team. And then Probably like anyway. halfway through, I'm kind of like absent mindedly scrolling my phone because I don't care. I spoiler. And then I see Cat drop 60. So I spoiled the 60 point oh. thing too. Oh, man. It was That's, my own fault. I'm just, people are listening to this. Are, don't be sympathetic for me because yeah. I don't deserve it. You know, I'm sure you're, you're all yelling at your radios right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm not pointing fingers this time. There was one time it was Bally's fault, but uh, that's an old, well, I think, old horse. Well, what, what we're saying here and what, what you have learned and now what you're, you know, you are a cautionary tale uh, telling folks out there is even if you have the, the outcome of the game spoiled, there is more that that you can also have spoiled. So, like, it's if true. that happens, don't continue to scroll. Like, oh, it's the cat's out of the bag now. Right, it's I like, saw no, the final no, no. score. Now I know everything. There no, are other cats in that bag, um, potentially. So, um, yeah. other cats in that bag. I like mm, that. Yeah, cat, kitty, cat, cat, uh, Carl Towns, uh, right here. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about that. There's a lot. There's a lot to get to um, as far as uh, this week goes. You know, so so much, uh, so much. What's uh, cat doing for us? Free throws. 
free throws, cat. There you go. Uh, oh, here's Kitty Cat. Kitty Cat, yes, sir. Love it. Josh Kogi right great there. Great new drops. Wow. Yeah, Josh Kogi from a while back. But yeah, we uh, we're gonna do a little week recap, talk full court press, and uh, get into town's sixty point game, McDaniel's injury, and uh, look at the upcoming schedule. And uh, then we're also gonna have uh, power rankings. We uh, we thoroughly enjoyed uh, Patrick Beverly's um, guest appearance on uh, JJ Reddick's Old Man and the Three podcast. So we're gonna power rank the moments from that show weekly wolfies game you know you know what's up so uh yeah, yeah. you can go ahead and take your shoes off now everybody because this mm. pod is going to be a classic it's over already oh my god you, know, you don't take your shoes off till it's over oh you're gonna yeah. have to start wearing nice socks to wolves games neil how do you feel about wow. that oh yeah because the shoes come off the shoes come That's off it's a weird weird thing i it's always weird when you see billionaires trying to start a trend you know oh. <laughs> it's like Oh, yeah. How yeah. cool. Mark Laurie and A-Rod took their shoes off. This but is what the people are doing. My first reaction was, I'm not a big fan. It's kind of gross, you know, but yeah. we'll see if it catches on. But uh, like the standing before the game, it's like any any sort of like, you know, tradition or something like that. The, the, the Wolves are sorely lacking. Yeah, it's true. It's any kind of, of little things. I, I would encourage that too. You're right. Um, You're so right. But yeah, we'll start with re- week recap. As we do, Wolves are 41 and 30. Uh, net rating is way up till eighth in the NBA, according to Cleaning the Glass. That, I believe, is their highest mark of the year. Eleventh uh, in defensive rating, sixth in offensive rating. What? Those are some crazy numbers. Uh, almost entirely single digits. That defensive rating is hanging in there. You know, it did start to plummet a little while. So I was like, okay, now we're coming back to earth. But boom. We're back up there again, so that's good to see. Started things off with a little, little, uh, little Florida, uh, you know, what do you call it? A little Florida, you know, duo. A little. Uh, oh yeah, the Florida, the, the Florida two tap, the back to back, the uh, panhandle uh, playoff. Yeah, or, uh, we need a name like that for it because yeah, I think it's like the tech. The Texas one has a name like the Texas two step or the Texas like yeah. triple triple something. Yeah, it's like um, the uh, non vaccine uh, <laughs> road trip or something like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, something negative about DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Orlando and Miami, Friday and Saturday, back-to-back in Orlando. That's how most teams do it when they get down there. Just knock them both out. Uh, Wolves, Wolves split those games, Scott. We'll start with the Orlando game. And you know what, though, Neil? If you asked any Wolves fan before this, yeah. this thing... I think they would tell you that this the split happened the way they thought that it would. You know, yeah, the broadcast it, it goes against uh, conventional wisdom because Miami it was the number one seed in the East, whereas the Orlando Magic had only won seventeen games on the season. Wow! So you think, well, one of these games is going to be a lot harder. Most people, conventional logic would say the Miami game will be harder. No. True Wolves fans know, for some reason, we play down to Orlando. And really, it's not even like yeah. playing down because, as they said coming into the game, Orlando is 10-10 and 10 in their last 20 games, and they've had one of the best defenses in the league for that time. So we know, you know, the Wolves' this season has gone through, you know, this where it's like 20 games, your team kind of has this identity, and the next 20, they can kind of change it up. Yeah. And so uh, the Magic were rolling. They were playing really great. And it, once again, it was their defense, I think, that really pushed them. I mean, there was some really bad defense on the Wolves' part. You know, let some guys go off. But... For the most part, I felt like it was the Orlando defense that deserves the credit for this one. Yeah, and no, no J-Mac in this game. Beverly got hurt in the first quarter with that ear contusion or whatever, so he missed the final three quarters. 
Um, you know, Wolves. he said in the post game press conference last night, they're like, "Could you hear like how crazy? Is it hard for you with how loud the crowd is to hear your coach and stuff?" He's like, "I can't hear anything right now." So oh. he's like, "He can't hear out of one is his ear still." Oh, so, I don't like that. I don't like to hear that. Uh, apparently, it super painful. According too. to Terrence Ross on Twitch after the game. Uh, the elbow happened to Pat Beverly during Friday game is from Mo Bamba. It forced him to leave after playing just Oof. four minutes. Ouch. Pat Bev found Bamba in the player's parking lot after the game, tapped on the window of his car and demanded an apology. <laughs> My goodness. That's not surprising to hear. Not one bit. There's going to be a lot of Pat Bev this week, everybody. It's St. Yeah. Patrick's Day today. We're recording on Thursday, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick Beverly is That's the right. kind of the main topic of the show. Him and Kat. I mean, we'll keep talking about that as we go on. Yeah, this, this Orlando game just kind of unraveled from from the first quarter wolves were up 18 in the first half and uh things kind of just slowly went the magic's way from there um big orlando run at the end of the second got really close lots of foul trouble for the wolves and then they took the lead late the the other theme of this week yeah is this one of the three games one of the three games this week where a cat had three fouls in the first quarter (laughs) yeah that, that seems to happen a lot uh there but yeah wolves went really cold they couldn't hit a shot you know again you're talking about that orlando defense that's that's part of it right sometimes you're just missing shots but sometimes they're forcing you to miss shots yeah i think uh you know, I hate the Orlando orange court. I'm not a mm-hmm. fan of this dark black and orange. Maybe do a white and orange as kind of creamsicle colors, yeah, but yeah. like the black and the orange isn't doing it for me, especially when I'm expecting some bright blue, you know, when I'm coming into there. But I also think that not to the same extent when we talk about San Antonio's team, but there's a lot of players I like on this Magic team. You know, I, I think like yeah. they've got something. They've there. made some changes. So. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, but yeah, Wolves missed their final 17 three-point shots oh, in this game. That was so, I had to take no, that no, down. I, I think it's 18, actually, because wow. I think after they the said heave. that stat, there was another one <laughs> that missed. So Yeah, so just some bad shooting and some you know good good defense from Orlando. After the game, Dila said that we needed to lose that game. He had some quote you know, sort yeah. of saying that, like, yeah, like we've been we've been cruising too much, essentially. You know, sure. this game, you know, kind of brought us back down to earth. So and that was it, uh that was true because they took took uh, took it to Miami the next night. Yep, and as has been the case, I think they showed some stat that like we've won like seven of the last eight matchups against Miami or something. Crazy. Like, and it makes sense. Like that, that like again in, in Wolves fans' memories, like I feel like you can think about those games. Oh yeah, like, I could, the block I remember, shot last year mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like oh yeah, like they. Do oh, I seem even to remember it. like you know last fall when uh, not last fall but two years ago when Kelly Olynyk went off in the Target yeah. Center and we we beat them for like third game of the season and we went three and zero on the start of the season. I was like yeah. yeah, so I remember those. I, be, I remember when we beat them at Target Center earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Did we? Yeah. I think we did. I, yeah, I think yeah, yeah but I, I was there. Yeah, Butler. They had that was the oh the yeah Rachel, that Rachel was Nichols. that was the most fun game because right. that was when Ant stood up to Jimmy and Ant became a hero and Jimmy was oh, chirping yeah. at courtside people. What a great game that was. Yeah, so much totally. fun. And so, of course, Jimmy, well, as we've known about him, he doesn't want that smoke, you know, came with an injury to this game. It was a toe injury. It was like, oh, my toe hurts. It wasn't even like, you know, like knee soreness or something that sounds bad. It was he's like, a lot. So. He's not, he didn't give the general soreness. No, he's like, my, my widow toe hurts. So Jimmy's just afraid to face us at this point. And I don't blame him. You know, last time he, he faced us, he got clowned and Jimmy doesn't like getting clowned. So, um, um, you know, he, I was going to say you hate to see it, but honestly, you know, you love to see yeah, it. Yeah, no Butler, no Vando, no Pat Bev in this game. So, you know, a couple of absences always to, to talk about. Um, you know, Towns you know, had some foul trouble in this one, like you said. He had technical in this game. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, Wolves, again, got up pretty early and uh but then miami you know retook control tyler hero had a nice game in the first half with 18 first half points um but then the wolves hit with a big run in the third 
got on back and um, you know I made a note that I thought it was funny to see uh, Michael Beasley and uh, Token Robinson guarding each other, right? Like the Spider Man, like yeah, Spider Man meme other. pointing, like oh, yeah, we do the same thing. I out mean, here. it's crazy how they're talking about the broadcast about how. Uh, What's the name of the two guys who are coming off the bench? I, I'm blanking, and it makes me angry because one of them was a, a Pirtle answer. Uh, In Miami? Yeah, they have Gabe Vincent and some other yeah, guy who's uh, coming off the bench who's doing yeah, a really Gabe, good... Gabe Vincent and... Uh, oh, I forget his name. Uh, I, now I'm thinking Vincent, but yeah. yeah. They have another. Ma- Max Struess. That's it, Max, Max Struess. Struess. And they're like, well, man, Struess and Vincent are shooting so well, Miami doesn't really need Duncan anymore. So he's kind of become expendable, <laughs> and it's just like... That's fast. Yeah. He's a fascinating player. I mean, yeah. when he was in the bubble finals, he was so deadly. So, yep. I mean, that got him paid. Yeah. Uh, yep. He's but, got a good contract now. He's kind of one dimensional, but he's so good at that dimension. Yeah. He, you know? He's, he's, uh, quite the threat and he's more of a movement shooter too you know Beasley you know he doesn't really do that kind of coming off the screens you know grabbing the ball and shooting it quite as much as, as some of these other high volume guys so but that's interesting uh one other thing I really like from this game and uh this is just something I want to bring up because there was a you know maybe like a one or two week stretch earlier in the winter where um, the Wolves or um, Bally Sports just was not bringing their team on the road with them. They were not bringing their broadcast crew, and they yeah. were having them call from home. Um, you know, I thought it was cheapness. I think uh, Dave Benz mentioned it was maybe an Omicron type thing. Whatever it was, it's not good when uh, you know you miss shots. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's not good when you got to leave your broadcast team at home. It's just it, you, yeah. you think it's a similar thing, but it's not. And there was an anecdote here. Um, Jim Pete talked about Carl's free throw stroke in this game, right? Because he Carl has made a slight adjustment to the way he shoots free throws. He no longer like bends down quite as much. He doesn't like hold the ball on his hip oh, or yeah. whatever. And he was just talking about how he talked to Carl on the team bus about this. And, you know, and just like, you know, yeah, Carl was just saying, yeah, I need to switch it up or I, I was, my back was hurting or whatever. And that's just like a little thing. But that is exactly why you have broadcasters, especially broadcasters who go way back with a lot of these guys and the team like that who are respected. That's why you bring them on the road for these games, because they give you little insights like that. So I really like that. And it just really shows that that's I'm glad they're back on the road of the team and I hope that uh, is always the case. Um, all right, moving on. Oh, to- yeah. I also liked, and this wasn't an on the road thing, but Dave Ben's anecdote about LeBron, how LeBron enjoyed playing tall. this video yeah. game that uh, didn't have Jordan in it, but Dave Ben's knew a cheat code to unlock Jordan in the game. Like, it wasn't his name, but he basically yeah. unlocked the character, and, and LeBron, LeBron never know. knew. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know about that cheat code. So, yeah, I got to love that. Uh, Monday night in San Antonio, uh, Wolves uh, kept their winning ways going. What did they? Night? Uh, they took down the Spurs, one forty nine to one thirty nine. Uh, was this also the like the most points Wolves have scored? Most points Wolves have ever scored in a game. Yeah, franchise record for points um, in a game. So that's that's pretty wild. But franchise uh, record for points in a quarter, I believe, as well. Wow. Yeah. So the Wolves. Um, yeah, we will. Uh, we have a full court segment topic about the sixty. Obviously, that was the big headline of the game, uh, but no Nas, no Vando in this game. And, um, you know, it was Townsend Russell really getting off to a really good start. And, um, you know, the Spurs Spurs hung around a little bit. That's that's kind of a big reason why, you know, this this was able to kind of go the way it did. You know, you, you, whether you're looking at the 149 total points or Carl's 60, it's like sometimes like, how does this happen? Oh, you just stay close. Right. This never yeah. this kind of was always it was it was never quite a blowout. It was kind of this borderline like 15 point leads. So they had to keep playing their guys and stuff. So, you know, you put all that together and you get the really the, you know, the perfect storm to have something like this happen for Carl. I love the. uh 
the Spurs team. It's just like I was watching. I'm like, I really like like a lot of players on this team a whole lot. Like I love Keldon Johnson, big Trey Jones fan, of course. He's my man. <laughs> uh, we got the Jakob Pertle. We got uh, Devin Vassell, who I, I wanted to draft so badly in the draft. Uh, Lonnie Walker. There's a lot of super fun players, except for Zach Collins, who did a goaltend against Northwestern in the NCAA tournament. So no. Yeah, he's not you, Zach Collins. I was happy when Cat was taking your lunch money. He's uh, he's been hurt the last couple of years, so deserve his back. But um, you know, yeah, the problem with San Antonio is yeah they got a lot of like nice guys who can maybe be role players, but they need they need like one or two blue chip guys. None of these guys are like the best player on like a playoff team. Even right. like Murray is like okay. oh yeah, I didn't mention Murray. I love Murray too. Like, but you're yeah, right. You're right. It is. They're nice, but also like they're a long way from being a playoff team here. Like they got. They, they need to find some studs, you know, so I don't know. But and that's then, hard because they always, like, win too many games, so they're never, like, in the top five drafting. And yeah, that's you got to hope guys. you get a situation like the Spurs and the Raptors where the Raptors kind of had that team where they built up so much depth on that team, but they didn't have, like, that A1 star. And then they had an opportunity to cha- trade some of that depth for uh, Kawhi, and they won the title the next year, you know. Yeah. So maybe that's what the Spurs can hope. They don't really trade, though. That's the thing. They only yeah. develop. So yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll talk more about Towns. Obviously, the, the third quarter was massive. All the free throws and uh, Carl at thirty two in that quarter. So that was just incredible, incredible to watch. Really fun game, just overall too. Like you said, Spurs got a lot of fun guys. Um, so that was cool. But we'll talk more about that momentarily. Um, and then wrapping up the week, Wolves uh, win Wednesday nights against Los Angeles. Back in the uh, familiar, um, you know, home of, of Target Center, where we've been right playing there. so well this year. Oh, the first time so since I've graduated college that the Wolves have had a definitive home court advantage. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, no Nas in this game. What is he battling? Is he have like a? Does he have like a um, like a like some sort of contusion or something like that? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think he was um, sad, like though. turned anything. But I thought you know one thing we didn't mention. Uh, at the end of the Spurs game was Jaden McDaniels hurting himself. We'll talk about it more in full court press, but it was just a bummer because I was really appreciating how we had this stretch of games and we were handling our business to the point where Chris Finch could say, Vando, don't play. Vando, we're not yeah. playing you tonight. Jaden's playing so well. We'll start him, give you time to rest up. And it felt like we were just going to give guys nights off until you know the playoffs to keep people fresh. And now it just feels like being down Jaden. There goes your nights off, Vando. You know? We're <laughs> exactly. going to need you. We're going to need you for a lot more minutes too. Yeah, that uh, luxury is no longer there. Um, but yeah, Wolves uh, Wolves beat the Lakers on Wednesday night, one twenty four to one oh four. This game was was pretty well in control uh, for the Wolves for most of the game. You know, Lakers, like you said, uh, made a little bit of a run in the third quarter, got it to under ten a couple times, but I don't think it got much closer. I than think that. no, they got within like three. Oh, okay, so they, cool. They yeah. almost evened it up, but uh, yeah, the fourth quarter we really kind of took it away, so it wasn't that close. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, the Lakers look terrible. Um, yeah, I can't... They're, they're a complete mess. They don't look, I think Dave Benz at one point said something like, they don't look like they want to be here. They no, they clearly they don't. don't want to play. And it's just like wild to say that about a LeBron team. But this roster is so whack. I mean, I got to think Rob Plink is going to be out this summer. I mean, it's it's hard, though, because a lot of this probably is LeBron guys, right? He yeah. wanted Melo. He wanted uh, he wanted Westbrook. And, and you know, that, that caused them to not be over. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, I think, clutch client. It's like, you know, they had to let Caruso go like for that and it's just like dang like so many mistakes there and and just so weird to see a LeBron team like so hapless right they usually at least fighting exactly he at least rallies the troops and puts an effort but just like kind of felt like maybe his last season in Cleveland where it was just like Uh he was just standing around like there were plays literally on defense where Russell Westbrook just stood 
just didn't do anything. His man ran away. Mm. Pat Bev got an offensive rebound one time. And Westbrook just watched it happen. Didn't really care, you know? <laughs> so, like, the amount that these guys don't care, you know, I guess, like, that's kind of the thing that we've seen with the Wolves is that when you have a guy who can galvanize you, your team to do all the little things and put in that extra 2%, it can have a huge overall effect. And the exact opposite is happening. No one on this Lakers team is giving their extra 2%. Nobody's going out of their way. It just, you're right. It seems like a team that deeply does not like playing with I each other. I think they said they've lost like eight on eight in a row on the road like going into this game and that's that kind of thing too where it's like yeah that's why you look this way is because like you know that every time you go into an away arena like you're you're already drawing dead so i mean um, uh the spurs uh, i mean right now the lakers are in the nine seed and everyone is talking about because the plan yeah 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 we gotta all talk about the plan because the wolves are currently in the plan uh so i see some people hating on the plan and i gotta give my stance neil i hate the plan I don't think it should be around when the Wolves are a seven or eight seed. Every other time I'm okay with the play-in. Just, it's when the Wolves are a seven or eight seed. I'm like, why are we doing play-in? What a stupid rule. Um, so it's really just about, you know, what have you done for me lately? But uh, the Lakers are nine. Everyone says, oh, they could be dangerous because in a one game, do you really want to go against LeBron? If Anthony Davis is healthy, this Lakers team is going to look different, you know? And so, you know, these guys, they look like they don't like playing together. But if you give them a playoff atmosphere and a one-game type thing, maybe it's the team you don't want to meet. So that's in the back of every Wolves fan's mind. But I'm thinking like the Lakers are playing like they don't want to play in the play-in. It seems like they want their yeah. season to be over. And uh, they're in ninth. Uh, the Pelicans are one game behind them in the 10th spot. And then the Spurs are two and a half games behind the Lakers for 11th. So the Lakers are only two and a half games out of 11th. I got to think that they're probably going to fall out of it. It just doesn't seem like they want it. You know? After this game, I'm no longer afraid of what the Lakers, even with the with Davis. I like agree. It would just have to be such a monumental change. And you know, even Davis at like 80% isn't going to really get that done. So I, I'm not worried about that team at all. I, I'm actually a little more worried about the Pelicans who've been playing sure. better over the last two months. Or yeah, whatever. And, and Giannis or Jonas, Jonas, yeah, you, don't Jonas. Get, you don't want a piece of him. Uh, he, well, he's got cat's number. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's right. All right. That does Always fun to see the Lakers lose on the target Heck center though. Yeah. Well, it does my heart good. I think I saw a tweet saying they're like, around, the Lakers are like 33 and 34 against us, you know, or something. I don't know, but we might have a win record against them in some yeah. capacity maybe at home i forgot should really know the whole stat before i read it all right well that's the end of week recap and uh before we get to full court press we need to uh, uh bring you a public service announcement from the nba players association's anti-bullying task force someone else on your team is getting bullied what do you do well you don't just stand there and you definitely don't become a bully yourself what you do is you step in if you can and stop it At a minimum, you tell a referee or another adult, and then you make sure the person who's getting bullied is all right, because the next time, it could be you. And believe me, you'd want other people to care. Take a stand against bullying, unless you're bullying Russell Westbrook. Here's the tip! All right, time to start things off with uh, the biggest... The biggest uh, scoring night in Tim Rolls history. Oh, absolutely. Towns, the big 6-0... That is massive. What a night. Carl was uh, incandescent out there. 19 of 31 overall. 7 of 11 from 3. It also added 17 rebounds. Probably some probably some assists. Probably some block shots. Probably some, you know, little other things here and there. But it was about the shooting and, and, and the driving and just the, the sheer dominance. Um, Free throw shooting, too. Yeah, actually. That's he was 15 the, for 16, I think, from yeah. the line, which is, once again, that brand new, uh, that brand new uh, shooting stroke. 
It's working Served well. him right, yeah, in this one. So really impressive, obviously. But uh, as we mentioned, that 32-point third quarter was really where it happened. I think he had 24 at the half, which is, you know, big. But, you know, that's uh, that can be par for the course for Carl. Um, so that, you know, while impressive, that wasn't super notable, especially how, uh, you know, how the scoring was going in this game. But uh, 32 in a single quarter is pretty nuts. Reminded me of, like, Clay Thompson from a few years ago when he went nuts in one quarter. I think that was also the third quarter. So uh, that, that's pretty imp- impressive. Obviously, the 60s huge. But to have, like, that sort of avalanche happen in one quarter, you know all those fouls and, and just the way he was just doing it from all over the court you know from three and driving getting past that Collins and um, you know the pretty bad uh, you know Spurs front court defense there um, just just incredible so uh, shout out to Carl Towns for uh, setting a bunch of records yeah and it's getting into rare territory I was re- listening to a pod reading something I don't know all media is a jumble in my brain these days but it was something about breaking down just like there's like I think five players ever who've scored 70 points in a game and like wow. 60 points is also pretty rare like I know like yeah. we've seen guys do it seems like one guy will do it every season just because we're in an age of Damian Lillard and a lot of other big time scorers but Towns was the 31st player in NBA history to score 60 points wow there's uh, only 11 active players. Now 12. Kyrie became the 32nd player and the 12th active player. Oh, that's player. right. He did it like He did right the away. very next night. So it was the first time there was back-to-back 60-point games in the NBA since Wilt Chamberlain did it in back-to-back games in 1962. <laughs> Wilt, man, he's crazy. You're never going to beat those records. Um, but I just think that that's really cool. Um, I also love, I think, you know, I'm not going to give him the Wolfie, but he deserves it. Whoever wrote that 60 sign, you know, I just love that the Wilt Chamberlain holding the 100 sign is now becoming so prevalent. It used to be a thing like we'd bring up for memes, like when Corey Brewer scored 50 in a game, we did it for the meme. And now to know that it's like so ubiquitous that players in locker rooms are like, let's make a, let's make it say 60 and make it look like the Sharpie, you know, 100 piece of paper. That's so funny. It's just a white piece of paper with the number 100, like scrawled hastily on it. Like, hold this up, Wilt. But it ended up being an iconic photo. Now and people so, just do it. Yeah. yeah, and so I just love that someone made one of those for Towns. Uh, so great. So whoever that is, uh, kudos to you. Uh, Travesty, someone uh, posted on Timberwolves Reddit that we had to do this in our lime green jerseys. It's just... <laughs> You know, I was a fan of them at the beginning. I think it's time to go, especially on some courts. They look better if it's like a blue court or if it's a color that green contrasts well against, then they look pretty good. But like they look so bad on the Spurs, you know, it looked like a kind of like an off yellow almost because the Spurs is just black and white and, you know, really simple color. So the green just looked terrible on those cameras. I made a note and I wanted to ask you this. Do you think the Wolves like green Aurora green uniforms are the most obnoxious uniforms like regular rotation uniforms in the league like can you think of any others that are like as like just like shocking on the floor like oh my gosh like not this season I, I, there have been others in recent seasons that I'd say are bad. Like the Pacers have had some like checkerboard indie one, Again, 500 yeah, no, no ones. city, just like uh, just like the standard. Three, oh, just the standard. Yeah, though. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, probably not. Because that's the thing. It's like the I mean, have been I doing guess it for four years. The now. last time people felt strongly was when uh, the Atlanta Hawks did that awesome redesign. I uh-huh. thought, but they had the highlighter yellow kind yes, of color. They yes. didn't have a highlighter yellow kit, but some people felt like that was kind of distracting. But I always like that. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let us know if you think there's a worse like or more distracting like <laughs> color you know out there. Sixty point games looks like Tatum and Beal both had 60 last year mm-hmm. um and then uh let's see and then the year before that uh yeah Dame did it twice um which was pretty wild so yeah he had he had two of them there and then Steph also did it in 2021 he had 62 um this applies so. to Towns because he got a technical in this game I wanted to bring it up when we were talking about the Lakers because there are 
Uh, th- three people tied with the second most technical fouls uh, in the league right now. Behind Draymond? Uh, behind Luca. Luca's in the first. Oh, yeah, he's got okay. 15. He's one away from sitting out a game. And then three players are tied with 14. Draymond hasn't played enough games, probably. No, he's no. been out a lot. But and all, he, he's normally up there. All three of those players who are tied for second played in the Target Center on Friday night. It was. Wow. Or not Friday Westbrook. night. Whatever the yeah. Lakers game, Monday night. It's Westbrook, Mello, and Towns all have 14. So Towns oh, is. Mello, that's surprising. Towns is going to have to miss a game, you know, because we don't want him going into the playoffs sitting on 14. And the way he's getting to tech like every other game right now, that means yeah. in this hard stretch that coming up, we're going to talk about the hard stretch coming up. Towns is going to be out of game because he's going to get his 16th technical. And that's that's so lame, you know? Like, I mean, we've been complaining about Towns' attitudes to the ref all season, so it's nothing new or nothing we have to get into. But it's never affected the team to this point. Like, I've never has seen a Timberwolves player get 16 in a season. It's never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think KG would have done it? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. I mean, I guess I, I said that without looking it up, but I was just guessing because I can't remember yeah. a player being suspended. I don't know how long the suspension at sixteen. Yeah, that around, might be but. new. Yeah, um, but yeah, first center with uh, sixty plus since uh, Shaq did it in two thousand. That was his MVP year. It was arguably his best year of his whole career. So, sure. and this brings me really to my final stuff. point about the fouls, though, which is that. Carl Anthony Towns had 56 points at the end of the third quarter and finished the game with 60 points. That's because he had to sit most of the fourth quarter because he had five fouls. Cat, you could have had a 70 point game if you can just stop <laughs> fouling people all the time. Like, mm. if there's, I mean, if you're not going to do it for your team and you're not going to do it for the fans who've been pleading with you, do it for yourself, buddy. You had 56 after three and you ended with 60. Come on, like you could have easily had a 70 point game. You shot yourself in the foot in the history books of the NBA because you can't help yourself. You got to get those fouls in. I know some of those in the Spurs game were really bad. I felt like the Spurs were, the referees in the Spurs games were bad on both sides. I felt like that was one of the worst refereeing jobs I've just seen in general since the Atlanta game. And so, like, I, I know it's not his fault entirely, but it's just like he had 56 after three. That's even more impressive than having 60 after four, you know? Yeah, it's going to come back around eventually. So, uh, yeah. But shout out to Towns. Right now. We've got some Towns, uh, you know, some Towns uh, drops to, to get going. Best big in the league. Best big. <laughs> going. Yeah. Goes in for Carl Anthony Towns. And that's a big man with a lot of moves and finding it and jiggling for two. <laughs> Kitty cat. Yes, sir. <laughs> jiggling for two. All right. Shout out to Towns. That's a lot of points. Um, hopefully he can do also, it. Also, most points in Timberwolves history for a game. I want to see him do it in the, in the playing game. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Moving on. He's hitting up. All right. Got to talk about uh, some sad news from that uh, San Antonio game. Scott, you mentioned it. Young uh, Jaden McDaniels. Spraining the ankle. This isn't like the last two minutes or something. That's always tough to see. Could have um, been a situation where Pop had already pulled a starter. So it's yeah. one of those situations where it's like, could have taken our guys off the court too. That's much. hard. But also, McDaniels is like, he's a borderline starter. It's not yeah. like it was like, you know, one of the big three or something like that. You know, he kind of is. It, when, if he's out there in garbage time, it's not like, get this, get this 21 year old off the floor. <laughs> I'll always remember. Like, sorry, you're young. You're playing. The thing that's always going to be in my mind is that Derrick Rose's first cat- catastrophic industry, injury happened in game one of the first round of the playoffs when all the starters on the other team were pulled. The, uh, bull, the Bulls were out yeah. of that game. There was two minutes that's left. That's hard, yeah. And Derrick Rose blew out his knee and changed his entire career because he yeah. shouldn't have been on the floor then. So. Yeah, it doesn't sound good for Jaden McDaniels. Um, high ankle sprains, a diagnosis. Uh, the team has said he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. That's 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 not what you want to hear, right? That is, he'll be. That's not he'll be back in two weeks. That's we're gonna check.
check up on. We're not him even going to ask him if he's okay again for another two weeks because that's how bad. That's it how is. bad it is. So I'm I'm not sure. I'm sure it'll come out in the next few days. Kind of the um, the gradation. You know, they say like a grade one, grade two, grade three. Maybe Lucas has already tweeted about this, but you know, it seems like it's probably a you know grade two or something. I think you know if it's just a one, then that's something that you're maybe more day to day with. Um, so this this seems like it's more uh, more intense. Uh, so two weeks is when he's going to be reevaluated. Um, there's about three and a half weeks until uh, the play-in game. So, you know, I don't know. There, it's There's still, like, a lot of time, and we there's not much information out there. So it's hard to really predict necessarily when he'll be back. But, you know, we're basically four weeks away from, you know, the, if the Wolves do um, advance into the real playoffs, uh, you know, may, there's a possibility that maybe they could have him back there. But I, I feel like at this point we kind of have to operate with the idea that you're just not going to have uh, McDaniels potentially for the rest of the season, depending on how the, the first round shakes out. So that's certainly tough. But um, as you mentioned before, you know, the team does have that depth. So, like, who do we think, you know, we've, we've already seen, I guess, just one game since he got hurt. But um, who, who do you think is, like, the main person that needs to really step up in his absence to, you know, give the Wolves, you know, kind of kind of what, what they're lacking without uh, Big Mac on the floor? Well, I mean, I... It's hard to tell him to step up because he's stepped up. Torian Prince, the way he's been playing lately, even makes more us, though. You know I mean? yeah, yeah, no, I mean we need um, we need we're just going to need more consistency from Vando and Prince because those are the people who are going to be taking those defensive assignments. And thankfully, we know Vando's up for it. It sucks that we're going to ask him to put that much time and energy. We got to watch his minutes and keep him fresh for the playoffs. But Prince, you know, he seems ready to take on more minutes, and he's been really good. So um, thankfully, you know, I mean, what a world we're, we're talking about, Neil. I remember so often this season we were complaining about Prince, Jaden McDaniels, and Beasley. We were just every week on the pod like, yeah. what's wrong with Jaden? What's going to, yeah. you know, like, I'm so just, we thought he was going to be good this second year and he really became that after the All-Star break. He's yeah. been like, probably the second best player on a team since the All-Star break. That's how good he's been. And I'm, that's, I know what I'm saying, you know, like, obviously that counts a lot of good players, Pat yeah. and everyone else who's been great, you know, and shout out Ant for finally having a great game against the Lakers. That was great to see, but, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a big blow. And so, and especially when, you know, <laughs> It's just like, you know how this team can pick up fouls. And so it was always good to have a guy, even though Jaden soaks up fouls faster than anyone on this team, except maybe Carl. It was always good to have another six fouls on the bench like that, you know? And so uh, it's a little distressing, to say the least. Um, But my question is, Neil, do you think that will bring somebody in from outside? Oh, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I think they still do have the ability to do that. Uh, I don't, you know, again, I think they're doing pretty good on, on, as far as, you know, as far as, you know, kind of having a, you know, a bigger, you know, three, four kind of guy, you know, wing type player. Fortunately, you know, I have your wing defenders are the hardest thing to find in the league, even though it's like, okay, the Wolves have a couple other guys can do, who can do that type of thing. Um, that's that's hard no matter what, just because it's so scarce. So it's like, even if they did have somebody in mind, they're not going to be a real 3 and D guy. They're going to be, they're all defense, or all shooting. But and somebody so, who can come in, play the wing position, soak up five fouls kind of thing, slow the other guy down, not stop I him, think but. it's totally possible. I think if you do see that, then yeah, it's going to be, you know, that's, that's a sign right there that uh, it's probably a wrap for McDaniel. And I think, you know, you're right about chemistry. I think that's we're gotten to the point where that's one of our team's greatest strengths, just camaraderie and the chemistry. And I think that was really shown this week uh, between Patrick Beverly and some other stuff on the team. It's gotten to the point where I'm not superstitious about them being good anymore. Like I'm starting to expect them to win games. Totally. I'm feeling confident about that. But I just did a quick Google search buyout candidates, you know, and some names that would be interesting. Gary Harris from the Magic, you know, he's he's, he's locked out. He's he's probably going to. Oh, okay. And another probable one, Kent Bazemore will probably be bought out from the 
Lakers. Okay, okay. But, uh, you know, I like that. These guys don't move the needle a whole lot. Rodney Hood from the Clippers, Josh Jackson from Could the Kings. Worse. So Could there's kind worse. of wing guys, you know, that will well, be available. It wouldn't be like you're getting this guy to to play. You'd be getting this guy to just in case Torian Prince gets an injury, right? Too. Exactly. Like a just kind of a, a little bit of depth. So yeah. it's fun. You know, when was the last time we talked about the buyout market as buyers? Mm. We've always been like, who on our team is going to go to the Lakers this year? Who on our team is going to go play for the Nets? It's so different to be on the other side of things. But it's yeah, exciting. yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I think yeah, it's it's nice to see Torian Prince play well the last like month or so. Seems like he can be relied upon to hit a shot and also guard a guy like Paul George or something like that. Um, the other nice thing is though, you know, other than Paul George coming back for that potential play-in game, you know, if you had to face the Grizzlies in the set in the first round, like they don't really have like a you know Desmond Bain's been great this year. Like um, that's who they have, right? Bain, yeah. I get Bain yep. and uh, who's on Detroit. Uh, the shooter on Jeremy Grant? No, the like same year rookie guy, like a second year, like oh, oh Bay. Oh, Sadiq Bay, Bay and Bain. Bay sure. Bain. I get him confused. Both B names. But Bain has been fantastic this year. And so like maybe he's the guy who can maybe get a little more hot with him. But it's not like they have a ball dominant wing guy to guard, right? You no. gotta have you got lockdown jaw and then you gotta be big. You gotta be able to handle Jaron Jackson. Box out Brandon Clark. Yeah. Keep yeah. slow mo out of the lane, you know? Yeah. So I think like the Wolves might, you know, not this 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 injury might not hurt them as much as it could have if they were going to face a different team or something like that so i mean again it's 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 going to be tough either way i mean it's you're losing a valuable position a three and d player probably a doesn't top need the six ball. player on your team you know yeah, it's it's i'm not trying to undersell you know sort of how how uh intent how bad this is but i, I think the wolves could be in a good position given their given, given their depth and who they you know potentially will play in the play-in and then in the first round uh potentially so we'll see get well soon Soon, Jaden McDaniels. Hopefully, you're back. You're right. For the he's playoffs. not. He's not a top five most important player to the team yet, though. So yeah, it's a good silver line. It's nice to it, have. You know? That's <laughs> a good reminder. <laughs> All right, staying positive. He's on fire. The sky's falling, but it's not falling that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, uh, we want to take a look at the upcoming schedule here. As Guys, we... there's only 11 games oh left. Gosh. We're into the we're into These the 70s. These Timberwolves games are so fun to watch. Why do we got to have them go away right now? Yep. Like, I know we're going to get playoffs, and those will be even more fun to watch. But like, and thankfully baseball's back, so I have something to do this summer. That's but right. boy, am I not looking forward to the end of the season? It's been so much fun watching this team. Yeah, it's uh, it's been wonderful. So enjoy the last eleven games here before uh, the play-in in the first round. But you know things are kind of staying static here as uh, as uh, you know as, as sort of the other teams around the Wolves in the Western Conference uh, standings go. Uh, as as we uh, record this right now um, on a Thursday, Thursday the seventeenth, uh, the Wolves are a game and a half behind Denver uh, for the for the sixth seed, and three games behind Dallas for the fifth seed. So those are the those are the teams they're chasing. The good news is is they're they're putting some distance between them and the Clippers. They are five and a half games ahead of L.A. Clippers right now. They're so, scuttling a little bit. They're, you know, they're having some trouble. Yeah, it won't be long, and that'll be a clinch. Maybe uh, I, I'm not. Uh, maybe like in the last week of the season, I'll be able to clinch that seven. Hopefully, but um, three of the next four games are at home: ooh. Milwaukee at Dallas. Then we have Phoenix and Dallas. So Real at least tough we get to play them at home. We got some home court advantage. You know, those are those are four teams that like that like think of themselves as Western Conference finalists. Like, Absolutely, but so. I will point out we built we built we beat Milwaukee. Already. That's right. You know we beat them last year one time too. So yeah, uh, we could take it to them. And then Dallas is the exciting thing. I don't look at that Ooh. as a challenge. I look at that as an opportunity because right. the thing is like. 
we are playing fabulously. We're playing some of the best ball all year, and we win every game, and yet so do Denver and so do Dallas. It's incredible. It's, I, it reminds me of baseball when you're trying to chase a team in September, but like it's so crazy how they can't lose any games either. And so it's nice that we have the ability to take it, our destiny into our own hands a little bit, and we can decide how far Dallas is going to be away from us because if we beat them, right now Dallas is what, now three games ahead of us? That's right. And so if we beat them twice in the next week and a half, then all of a sudden they're one game ahead of us yeah and then the the, you know the margins are real thin for dallas so i think this is a great opportunity let's just beat that dallas twice and then we can you know because the brooklyn nets are going to do it for us obviously didn't hitting the game winner at the buzzer last night yeah speaking of didn't i mean that's a huge i mean luke has been on uh you know sort of otherworldly after the all-star break here but also that trade for Dinwiddie was massive he has been so good he's been so much better than Porzingis um so what a great trade for them um and yeah they're just a solid team so yeah so three of the next four at home then four in a row on the road to follow up at Boston at Toronto at Denver at Houston you gotta think at Houston's gonna be a win at Denver we gotta play that game that's gonna be a marquee game because especially that's our fifth to last game of the season that's uh we'll know a lot more about standings and seedings at that point um, and then Toronto, we could take, but they play us really hard. We never really play great against Toronto, and Boston's probably playing the best in the league right now. So those two games are probably going to be the hardest ones in that coming stretch. And then we finish up with three in a row at home, Washington, San Antonio, Chicago. So those all should be pretty easy, especially pretty if Chicago's resting people. Yeah, you know? yeah, a little soft ending there. So, yeah, so hopefully Wolves can uh, pick up some ground either on Dallas or Denver or both. I mean, yeah, you got two games against Dallas, but I think they're – they're a lot better than Denver right now, so that, that those would be tough to do that. But hey, if you can just stay on the heels of Denver and do, I wonder if we have the tie break against Denver because it could end up in a tie, you know, and then it's just head to head record. So it could come down to that very easily, especially if the Wolves do win that game. I mean, just if you win that game against Denver, then you're only a half game back. Um, so then you, you just got to be one game better than them here in this last 11 or last 10 then if you give them that one. So I think that is, you know, I guess I've kind of been filing it away as not going to happen. But it's as of right now, I was surprised to see it's only a game and a half. I haven't been like following this on the daily, but we are one and one on the season against the Mavericks. So okay. we're tied. Oh, Mavs. Yeah, the Mavs. Okay. So we're tied our season season. Uh, we're tied. And we got two more games against them. So mm-hmm. we, we could own, win the tiebreaker. You know? Yeah, but what about Denver? Because that's like the more likely one to tie. Because yeah, one one and a half games. If you beat them, that's a one game switch right there. That's a one game flip. Um, so see, I feel like we, Denver's beaten us. No, we're, we've won two of our three matchups against Denver. We're okay. two and one against them. Okay, this so if you get this one, then you for sure have the it tiebreaker. Yeah, if you tie, then it goes to something else. So that will be a huge one. So a couple games to circle there. I mean, they're all going to be important, but especially those against those teams ahead of us will be massive. Um, all right. Well, uh, before we get to uh, power I guess rankings. like the billionaires taking their shoes off thing, maybe it's just a way to like show your kicks. Like everyone at Wolves, uh, everyone at basketball games yeah. like wearing sneakers and showing off their sneakers, right? That's right. It's a way to sell socks too. Uh, all right. Before we get to power rankings, uh, it's time for a public service announcement from the NBA Players Association's Anti-Bullying Task Force. Bullying. For some of us, it's something that happened to other people. To them. But the truth is, it's a problem for everybody. Study after study has linked bullying to violence and other delinquent behaviors. And it's turning our NBA into a place where players worry less about playing and more about how to steer clear of the league bully. Take a stand. Lend a hand. Stop bullying now. Except for Russell Westbrook. You can bully him. Power. 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 
right, Power Rankings, everybody. We're back with uh, something to rank. And uh, Mr. Mr. Patrick Beverly, a.k.a. Pat Bev, um, appeared on his old friends. Mr. 94 Feet. That's right, Mr. 94 Feet. Uh, I believe they played together for a year or two in L.A. Uh, with the Clippers. The Old Man and the Three podcast, which is J.J. Reddick's show. Um, you know, podcaster to podcaster, J.J. Reddick, I think he's pretty good. I think he's been... I think he had another show on the Ringer, like yep, the JJ Reddick show. I think yeah. he had one show maybe even before that. So he's, yeah, he's so a he podcasting guy. He was doing a podcast when he was still in the league. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So a lot of guys doing that these days. Draymond has a show, a couple other guys. So it's, and JJ, it's fun to see. JJ's sharp and he's very observational uh-huh. and he's been in a lot of good locker rooms over the years. That's one of the things was JJ mm-hmm. Reddick for the longest time had that until he went to go play for the Pelicans, had the streak like Pat Bev in the playoffs every year, you know? Yeah. And so um, he's got a lot of great stories, a lot of great experience, a lot of contacts around the league, and he's very, you know, because he's been doing this podcast for a while, he understands a little bit of the balance between player perspective and media perspective. Yes. Um, so, and also, like you were talking, we were just talking before about uh, the podcast, how fun it was. It's because they're so candid, and that's because you know the players understand when what JJ Reddick's coming from. They understand that he's been in their shoes. You know, he, yeah. he's someone that can really get players to open up because he is also a player, you know, or was obviously. Yeah, I think that's that's a underrated part of the show is yeah that there is there's this camaraderie there's this sort of safety that i feel like players feel when you're talking to another player versus just a journalist or whatever so um that's really interesting so yeah uh, maybe more old man in the three podcasts in our future yeah, you don't have to be as precise with your language you can just kind of get close to the pin uh-huh. and then jj was like yeah exactly. i know what you're saying i yep. get it you know and there's exactly. a lot of that uh, on this podcast. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it right now. Let's rank some of our favorite moments. Yeah, we got uh, s- uh, six moments here to rank. And, also, I'm uh, going to go yeah. back because they mentioned on the podcast how uh, JJ's pod on the Rainer uh, Network, the last one they did was an episode of Patrick Beverly, and JJ said it was yeah. his favorite pod of all time. Yeah, and talk so about his history and I'm going to go and down- download that and listen to it and learn a little bit more about Pat Bev as well. Might get some good drops. But uh, we're going to rank it from uh, six to one, our favorite moments from the Old Man in the Three podcast. Start with number six. All right, number six is, uh, you know, just a, a little a little light one, something that uh, that um, we, we found enjoyable. Just, just really set the scene for what was about to occur in this podcast. And, uh, and that would be uh, Patrick Beverly talking about, uh, you know, maybe something he's consumed. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of tipsy, so that means I'm going to be saying some wild shit, so I'm locked in. <laughs> Locked in, Pat Bev. That's a good way to describe him, just in general. He's locked in. He probably says that a lot. But uh, in this context, you know, he meant, uh, you know, he's feeling good. Man, remember, like, man, I guess it's like 15 years ago now when it used to be like, yeah, I'm tipsy on that Henny, you know, and like the stuff the players would drink in the league. And it's just become such a wine league. Uh And there was a great article about five years ago about LeBron and D-Wade and Jimmy Butler carrying their wine casks (laughs) on the plane with them and stuff and like how it became such a big thing in the league. But now it's just like the go-to drink of like these players and so uh pat bev had a red wine and jj was asking him about the vintage and the year and he was telling him it's an 88 and he's like wow it's a great vintage bro and it's just weird you know like know. these athletes being like oh i love that vintage man what a good year yeah some high class <laughs> stuff right there they know their they know their premium wines yep. so we just appreciate uh you know pat bev Keeping it loose I mean, and uh, letting us know where he was starting. Neil and I are also drinking on the pod right now. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, beer. y'all. We always have a beer. Always Scott, always, Scott always I, brings some nice sours over. I like Timberwolves Tip to Tap, uh, the podcast oh, yeah. about uh, Timberwolves fans who also like beer. I like that they share what local beer they do every week. It just yep. kind of sets the scene. It makes me think about local beers. This one I don't think is local, though. So. 
Yeah. I got it from McDonald's Liquors. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to number five. And we're talking about, I uh, really liked, you know, I think this was maybe some of the more, you know, this was maybe the biggest pull quote from this was uh, Patrick Beverly talking about, uh, you know, his young protege, Anthony Edwards here. So we'll uh, play this clip. Man, I know if I say this, man, I know y'all go in the world, go look at me like I'm crazy and I go put all that pressure on that kid. But man, I told him, man, I told him, man, you got a chance, man. You got a chance, brother, to be Michael Jordan, brother. You really do. You really do. You really do. I've been around a lot of them. Man, the kid doesn't indulge in anything negative, JJ. Strip clubs. And you know what I mean. Off the court. Partying. He, do- Drugs. he doesn't indulge in anything negative. Just Gambling. all positivity, all video games. He's, I mean, he's... It, it, his talent level and skill level is... is, is, is it's it's crazy, man. He has a chance to be really, really, really special, really special in this league. There you go. So Pat Bev there with some high praise for uh, for Ant. They kind of come MJ back to it the like, highest praise. Some yeah. Would say. yeah, they come back to it later in the pod because a lot of this discussion is about Pat Bev and JJ Reddick kind of recognizing you know their limitations in the league, their role players. Why don't I get more respect? To, why do these guys get more respect? Kind of stuff where they're kind of talking about their own limitations, and they come back around to the idea where and JJ's like Michael Jordan was who he was because because he's talking about how competitive Pat Beverly is, and he's like Michael Jordan who is who he was because he was ten out of a ten physically, ten out of ten mentally, and then he was a psycho. He was just a crazy competitive guy. So you had everything. Whereas like the implication being like Pat Bev may be 10 out of 10 competitively, but he's not, he just doesn't have the same physical skills that a man like Michael Jordan has. Well, and I think JJ was asking about Ant as like, that was maybe a knock on him coming in the league. You know, the whole, like he likes football more than basketball stuff. Like, does he, is he a psycho basically? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's kind of, he didn't ask him straight up, but you know, I think kind of Pat was, you know, basically just saying, yeah, he, you know, he, he keeps his, he keeps his head down. He really works. And you know, he's not, he's not, he doesn't have his, his, uh, you know, his mind elsewhere and other, lots of other sorts of things. So, I mean, he had I, a lot of great praise for cat too. So it's not yeah. just Edwards, but Edwards got the best of it, obviously. And he was just saying like, literally, you know, the sky is the limit. There's no ceiling on Edwards potential right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. All right. Um, onward to number four. Next up, we uh, enjoyed uh, Patrick Beverly talking about the Memphis trade and why he wanted to come to the Timberwolves. You know, uh, we'll play a clip here. But before that, he did say, oh, yeah, I liked Chris Finch. You know, he played for him in um, in uh, with the Vipers, Rio Grande. And um, and uh, I think he said something about the, the trainer. The trainer. The There's trainer, a lot of people behind of people. the scenes in the Timberwolves organization who had worked with Pat Beverly previously. So he felt this was already a good situation for him. Yeah, but when it was uh, basically, you know, he talks about in this story of how, you know, last summer he it was contract extension time for him and the Clippers and they couldn't come to agreement. Called the Clippers offer borderline insulting. Yeah, yeah. So he talks about after that happened, you know, what he said to Lawrence Frank, their GM. You got to trade me. You know how it works. And like, you got to trade me. There we go. My agent, like, man, L. Frank, no, he has to trade me. He has to trade me. You can't pay me. You got to trade me. He know that. And um, from that point, he told me, give me my teams. And, I, you know, Minnesota was in my, my top three. And, uh, you know, I was able to go through Memphis. Didn't know how I felt about Memphis. Didn't know what really was going on. I, I talked to the GM. The GM goes, uh, yeah, we see if we can, uh, you know, uh, how it goes the summer camp. And in my mind, I'm summer camp. Motherfucker. I'm the starting guard there next to John Rand. What the fuck are you talking about summer camp? Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. 
And then I, you know, I, I go to Minnesota and, you know, I, I say I'm going to make the playoffs and, you know, people, again, they look at me like I'm crazy and, you know, sitting in seventh place. There it is. So, you know, good stuff there. You know, just, just you know, Memphis. How many times have the Timberwolves been called a top three in anything? <laughs> a top three destination. Oh, Those no. are my top three teams I wanted to go to. A veteran. A veteran who's not, you know, missed the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was just Rosas hopped on an opportunity there, and Pat Bev was like, well, I think I'm in Memphis. Oh, no, I think I'm in Minnesota. I didn't know he was in L.A. scheming ways to get to Minnesota. You yeah, know? that's really interesting. It didn't just, like, happen to him. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really cool to hear. And, yeah, it's 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 notable because that's it's not uh it's not what normally happens it's nice to be wanted (laughs) you know (laughs) totally all right that brings us to number three beverly was very uh very open i mean that's the whole that's why this whole thing was enjoyable how how open how you know kind of transparent he was here with feelings and stuff like that and talking talking his speaking his mind and uh they got on the topic of patrick beverly's uh recent extension one year $13 $13 million. And I love the fact that you just signed an extension for a, for a lot of money. Let's be real, yeah. Pat. That's it, a lot of money. Yeah. You got a Richard Malay watch on. <laughs> You're drinking an 88 Krug. I'm sure that outfit, that shirt had to have, it looks like silk. It had to have cost a lot Versace. of money. Versace. Versace. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you got, you're sitting in a, a beautiful apartment with floor to ceiling windows and you're fucking angry still. Yeah, like I'm this 30, is no, what no, no. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. It's a difference. I, I'm hungry. Like people are telling me, like, man, Pat, man, you got the contract. And in my mind, I'm like, fuck that. I wanted a two year. Yeah. You feel me? I wanted a three year. Fuck that. I you know, that. and that's just how I am. And it's not coming from like a greed. It's just coming from me knowing my work. Me knowing that, man, I I've been to Western Conference Finals twice with two different teams. Yeah, so I think uh, JJ follows it up with like players get validation in a lot of ways. They get a validation from stats, they get validation from awards, awards yeah. and you get validation from a contract. Like, you know, it's not like looking at somebody else and be like, he doesn't deserve that. It's just like looking at someone else and be like, really? He's getting paid 20 million a year? I'm better than him. How am I only getting paid 13? It's like actually a number that right, goes alongside Exactly. It. So uh, I thought that was fascinating. And earlier in the pod, Pat Beverly said too, like, 13 million is a lot of money. Like, he, uh-huh. he realizes, like, this is a lot of money. He's very happy to have this contract. But yeah, I but think it's it, not about the number. It's not about the money it's about the number you know what i mean like yeah, that's a weird thing to say but it sort of makes sense when it's like no it's not it's not saying this isn't enough money it's saying compared to the rest of the league i think i'm more yeah you know? and, and i think also that it is um it just goes to show how hungry he is that's what yeah. i took away from this is like unless he had a five-year max i think he wanted more you know if he got four years 100 million he'd probably be like why not five years 125 you know like it just seems like he's a guy who's hungry, and I thought that was great because it, it gives me a little bit more confidence about how he's going to age going forward. I know we only have him locked up for one more year, but it just seems like he's so hungry. At one point, he was talking about how he stays competitive in the offseason. He's like, is this the year I have to go vegan? Is this the year I'm going to have to start being leaner in my body composition? Like He's thinking about ways to, ahead. to yeah. extend his career and bring that longevity. So I just thought, like, wow, this shows that Patrick Beverly isn't like – you know, I, I just think that it shows he has so much growing that he's still going to do, and he has so much fire in him to keep growing and being better. And a lot of people who are in their mid thirties or early thirties, uh, I mean, as it were, like and kind of had made a, most of their money already, are kind of you know thinking about retirement or other things. And Pat Bev is just hungry. He's still a junkyard dog on that chain, trying to get his meat. Yeah, uh, we'll keep the contract uh, talking uh, going here with number two. 
So they t- Beverly went on. Uh, uh, I think this was beforehand, though. Kind of not really talking about his specific situation, but kind of had some words about you know, uh, you know about superstars and and how he kind of perceives himself to be maybe not that far off from the couple of these guys, but the the numbers that they get paid are so wildly off. And I, I just love how this also just shows what a chip on the shoulder <laughs> Bev has. But if I if I do this right, if I do the exact same thing I, I've done this year with the Timberwolves, but my last name is uh, 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 I don't know Butler, or my last name is uh, Paul, I don't know Paul, or my last name is Westbrook, they give me a hundred million dollars instead of thirteen million dollars. They give me a hundred million dollars to do the exact same job that I've done this year, and my question is. Why do I get shortage? You know, like that's always been my question coming in. My question has been, I've been an offensive player my whole career. I averaged 30 points in high school. I played for the USA, USA team with Steph Curry. I averaged more points than him. I get to the NBA. I learn a whole new trait and master it. That's like Steph Curry being a defensive player in college, coming to the NBA and being Steph Curry. People will praise him. They, they give him they give him gold. They throw roses at his feet. I do it. They look at me like I'm crazy. Help me understand it. <laughs> so yeah, this combined with uh, you know talk of his extension is is I think a really good window into you know the mind of Pep Beverly, but also I think the mind of a lot of NBA players of almost how you have to be wired to to be sort of that competitive to be like no I, I I'm 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 worth as much or more than you like I think I do all these other things now I think Patrick Beverly is maybe more outspoken about it than most and is willing to drink wine on a podcast yeah. and talk about it but you know I think there is a nugget of this with a lot of guys because they just don't I think when you're in that situation when you're so close when it's either you or your agent in the mix right there I think it's harder to see the broader landscape like from us as fans sure. from the outside we're like that's kind of crazy Patrick Beverly like we understand like don't we no one else is so shocked about why you only got 13 one year contract like yeah and I, I was saying he probably knows you know he gets it yeah like, there's probably this performance stuff, yeah, yeah. But, but I also think what this is something else I took away from the greater interview is that for very logical reasons Pat Beverly has had to become a loud and voracious self-advocate for himself yeah, you know interesting. this is a guy who got drafted and had to go overseas he had to work his yeah. way into the league he had yep. to work himself off the bench he had to work himself into starting lineups and he just talks about like just his backstory we know how much he had to grind and also he talks about how uh, Westbrook could ruin his reputation in some ways and just being a guy who's on you know Reddit and checking in and you know I was saying like how Pat Bev got booed in OKC for something <laughs> that happened that long ago but like people on Reddit his reputation is trash around uh-huh, the league uh-huh, people yeah. just hate him so yeah. he, he does have a point he gets a lot of hate from a lot of people the general consensus on him is very negative and so when that's the case, you have to advocate for yourself. And then Pat Bev sounds like a guy who's had to fight for himself his entire life. And so, like, it's just very natural. He talks and advocates for himself in very interesting and fun ways to listen to on this yeah. podcast. But he's always advocating for himself because he needs to. You know, it's just like that's the position he's in. I, you're right that every NBA player has to have that confidence and do that to a certain extent. But, like, some players have the media blowing them up, you know, yeah. pumping them easier up. Path. And Pat yeah. Bev only has himself to pump himself up. So, of course, he's going to pump himself up. Yeah. And I think the other thing that Beverly is done i don't know maybe this has always been his thing and i'm wrong but i feel like 
he has probably added sort of the leadership, sort of like locker room captain like type of thing. Again, maybe that's how he's always been, but I feel like that's another way you can sort of boost your value if it's sort of artificially low or something like that. Is you become this this force of change and this culture setting guy. Like they talked about that about him with the Clippers and all his other teams too. Right, so he, it's like that adds to your value where it's not just what you do on the court, but how you keep the team together. He took a lot of pride in how he, him, Lou, and Trez, Montrez Harrell, yeah. Lou Williams. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Patrick Beverly, after the Clippers Lob City team blew up, they came in there and there was no stars there and they changed the culture and they had a really frisky playoff team that was so good that Paul George and Kawhi were like, I want to go there. That's right, yeah. So uh, he rightfully took, takes credit for changing the culture there and I think that's probably the, the biggest thing that turned him into that kind of clubhouse leader is him doing it somewhere. Yeah, totally. All right, one final, uh, one at the top of our power rankings for today, we have number one. I had a little quote about uh, guarding Luka Doncic, and I think you know JJ. He finished his, his uh, season last year with with Dallas, so you know he, he's got intimate knowledge of the Luka experience. And so it was interesting to hear Pat Bev uh, talk about what it's like to guard one of the NBA's best players. One that his his intelligence, like uh, he's physical as fuck and flops at the same time, which is the exact same thing I do. <laughs> Physical as fuck, motherfucker. Swipe at me. I'm a, oh, she's trying to kill me, right? Get him, get him. He's trying to kill me. And he's the exact same way. He initiates the contact, hits you. And it's not like, you know, as basketball players, you can feel like, you know, the muscle. And it's like, it's not muscle with him. And that's no, you know, discredit to his body or anything, but that's just how he's made up. You know, it's that kind of that, 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 that flabby, solid type of, type of, you know, that, uh, uh, just leaning on you. And then you lean on the back and he, you know, put his heads up and put a lot of pressure on the referee. So you can't really guard him physically like the type of way I want to guard him. He, he did a good job at exploiting that real good job. That was about Luca, by the way. He didn't say the name uh-huh. in that clip, but he's talking about Luca Doncic. I think it's really funny about the flab comment because that's what I do in pickup basketball. I don't have many skills, but I'm heavy. I'm heavy and I'm hard to move, and I just lean on guys. And I don't have. I don't got muscle under here. It's just it's that Luca Doncic flab, you know. And uh, so I'm sure anyone I've guarded knows what that feels like. To me, this is my favorite moment because. Patrick Beverly, um, number one, he's telling it like it is. He's he's really just not sugarcoating it at all. You know, even sort of yeah, taking a shot at, at Luca's body weight or whatever. But so he's saying that. But he's also giving Luca a lot of props here. He's being very for a guy who like Pat Bev, who you think is so you know braggadocious and so you know he's all you know he's, he's always barking and always revving things up like. No, when he's calmed down, he'll give a guy props. You know what I mean? And so I like that about him, that he's willing to, you know, say how smart he is and how he still gets it done. And he wrecking that game, recognized game kind of situation where it's like, I do the same thing you're doing, so I know this. And I just really like the candid uh, comments there, um, you know, talking about guarding, yeah, Luca. So really fun stuff. Yeah, he had some, uh, likewise, uh, the situation with Chris Paul, because JJ asked about him shoving Chris Paul at the end of the playoffs last year. And I just loved his answer, too. One, he didn't apologize for it he's like chris deserves it he's you know you all play against <laughs> you know. chris and it's one of those things where he's giving chris his flowers being like chris is so bad at doing this but he's the best at doing this and it's really good for his game but he gets all these calls from the refs and he just lays into chris the way i lay into chris and like <laughs> jj's like i hate i hated chris for many years and he knows it, you know and so there's a lot of dumping on chris paul as well and kind of criticizing him but also pumping him up in the same vein that he did with luca so i think that's great there's a lot of good stuff in here there's about you know how the biggest thing that he changed the clubhouse culture 
was just honesty, making people be honest with each other. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. It gave some examples. So it's a really great podcast. Check it out, everybody. Old Man and the Three. Um, after I listened to it, then I watched the Lakers game last night. I was thinking about all the things he said while I was watching him play. And you can just see some aspects of him that you're like, oh, yeah, I, I can tell now. It's changed my perspective a little bit after listening to that podcast. Yeah, Obviously, it's, against Westbrook. It's, it's good because Westbrook's on there. <laughs> and he talks about Westbrook a lot on the pod. So yeah. that's good, too. Um, but, yeah, it was a fun game. All right. Up next is Weekly Wolfies. But first... Now it's a time for a public service announcement from the NBA Players Association's Anti-Bullying Task Force. Here's what bullying is. It's verbal. It's physical. It's a way for one group or person to intentionally cause harm or distress to others. Here's what it's not. It's not something we should put up with in the NBA and our community. Prevent bullying when you see it. Unless it's happening to Russell Westbrook. Who cares? Presenting your weekly Wolfie. All right, Wolfies award time. So many uh, potentially good or bad things to talk about here. A little soapbox for us to uh, riff on something, and um, I think uh, I think I'll get us started off here, Scott, today with a weekly Wolfie. And I gotta say, I'm going negative with it, Scott. I'm tired of the rip through move. Mm. Well, I think it's the last year you'll have to deal with it. I'm right? tired of it. it. I'm tired of it. I know uh, we've had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, you know, different uh, situations where it's been, you know, it's been, it's been good for the, it's been good for yeah, the wolves. Joel Russell, I got ice in the veins. Yeah, he's he's uh, he is he's mastered the rip through. The Angelo. Sure. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to bait the refs. And as a Timberwolves fan, I I enjoy it. And uh, you know, as right now, it's it's something you can do. So you're. I don't want to. I don't. I'm not trying to hate on D'Angelo, but you know. And and additionally, I think why I you know because D'Lo's been doing this for a little while, but Pat Bev has started doing it. I think uh, and one other Wolves player like Towns. Tried it recently, Towns tried too. it and didn't get it. You know, uh, Russell's teaching. Yeah. He's teaching in practice here how to get this. And so again, I uh, if it's on the rule book, you can't really officially hate on. It. You can't say that you know it's not effective for your team. But as a fan, you can you can say that you don't like to watch it. And uh, even though it's the Wolves who are benefiting from it, the league needs to get rid of this. It did such a good job last year getting rid of some of the unnatural shooting motion stuff, some of the kick out, the jump to the side, um, some of the Chris Paul just dribble into you and fall over like. A lot of that stuff has been eliminated, and it's for the best. And uh, like you said, Scott, I think this is just a matter of time, whether it's this offseason or, or whatever. The Adam Silver, Adam Silver tenure has been so good of, you know, whether it's a play-in tournament or some of these, um, you know, different different rule things that are happening, just cleaning up around the edges here to make, make the experience better and not have it be something that's like, oh, yeah, we'll figure that out in five years. It's like every summer they're having, like, competition committee meetings and getting this stuff figured out. So I think it'll happen to the rip through move which is coming next because there's just no there's just it just doesn't look like basketball to me you know it's hard to kind of define it because yeah technically you can't have your hand on the player right there but uh it just is it just doesn't resemble basketball in any way so you know you don't get the shooting foul you know but you do get the benefits from it a lot of times the wolves are in the bonus when it happens so you do go free throw line for That's it what so. i was gonna say how else are the wolves gonna get to the bonus we can't buy a call <laughs> you know the refs are eagle-eyed whenever jaden has got his hand on someone yeah. but then somebody is like got all both arms on towns and they can't see it they can't see it and the refs just didn't see it and so like uh 
I'm saying like, I'm okay with it just because the wolves are often in the situation where they've sitting on a foul or two and a quarter and then D'Angelo does two back to back and all of a sudden we're in the bonus and thank you, you know, but like. They never have, they never have, they've never had a guy like that really right. who's like a super, other than like love maybe, who's like just like a dark arts like foul guy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I forget who it was. it was. I think it was Chris Paul who was defending it, uh, defending the rip through in some interview or something like that yeah, recently. Yeah. He's like. Hey, you fall for it. You, you know? like, yeah, you as the defender, you know, you can't have your hand there. So uh, ultimately, it's on you. It's not like you, the offensive player is placing your hand on you. So right. it's like, okay, like, yeah, so I hear it. It's just a matter of uh, when they're going to get rid of it. So we'll see. I can understand about not liking it stylistically what it is for the game of basketball. Because, yeah, it's a perversion of the game of basketball. It's not part of the game it of basketball. It slows it down. Yeah, it's so like, I get that. But I, I'm also, I, I do appreciate D'Lo doing it for us. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, we don't, we don't have Anything to get those whistles, man. Anything right, to get those that's whistles. That's right. That's efficient basketball. All right, Scott, what you got? Weekly Wolfies. Uh, before, you know, usually when I give honorable mention or something, it's because there's a point I wanted to bring up earlier in the podcast when we moved on. I just want to bring it back up. I just want to talk about in San Antonio in the first half when Cat was complaining so loudly with the refs when the Spurs were shooting free throws that Pe- Beverly got a lane violation because he was clapping and yelling at Cat <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to shut up and he had his foot inside the three-point line so they had, he got a lane violation from it. I'm like, that's <laughs> embarrassing when your players are getting lane violations for telling your star to shut up. But yeah, then uh, you know something else happened that night that's and it didn't become a point. Yeah. Uh, but this was for the Orlando Magic game. I thought it was very funny. We love Jim, Dave Benz. We love Jim Pete. We talk about it all the time. And one of the things Dave Benz does and you know it's just one of his quirks we like it sometimes we make fun of it is he gets on these streaks and then he talks about these streaks and he finds these weird stats like oh this is the the streak that the Wolves have about losing the second game of back-to-backs when they're on the road or something like that or you they, know they they uh they lose uh, every game that they don't have the lead in the fourth quarter right he just keeps these crazy streaks and so one of them it's not even that crazy I mean it's not that inventive you know or you have to really pull stuff is the Timberwolves are about to hit a thousand three-pointers in the, in, the, in the season nice which is never happened number yeah. yeah and it's never happened for the wolves and apparently it's not something that's happened for a lot of teams so it's kind of a milestone it's a new but era. it's an arbitrary one you know it's not like are we going to get there i mean there's still you know 15 games left at that point yeah so anyways they had been counting it down in the in the week coming up to it benz was mentioned in every game they had a little counter bug <laughs> that would come on the screen and yeah. you'd see the counter roll over <laughs> and so when it happens in orlando jim pete is spoiling benz's chance he's he's just like talking about something else and he just talks over the entire thing happening and then he gets done with his point and he's like oh i'm sorry benzie i took that away from you you can you could say it now and and it's already a, the magic we're scoring on the other end so dave, dave benz didn't want to say it he was just like no, it's too late now. And then they like, so he wasn't going to talk about it then. And then they still had to put the little counter on the screen, even though Ben's wasn't talking about it to show it flipping over to a thousand. So I just thought that was really funny because knowing those two guys, like obviously that's something Ben's was really looking forward to. And I don't think Jim Pete did it on purpose, nah, obviously, yeah. but it's just something because you know, he was stewing about that on the sidelines. And I just, I, I laughed out loud. Yeah, you know? that was, that was a fun moment. And yeah, you, you think that, you know, Dave with the, with the counting towards it. Yeah. Part of it is being able to make that the call, you know, the mm-hmm. call. Whether it's Beasley making his two one ninetieth or whatever, right, exactly. one ninety first. Yeah, he wants to give a good sound bite. You know, yeah, get on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, he wants the official. He probably you know, had written something up that he was going to say. You know, right. he probably pre prepared his statement. Yeah, he just have something in mind, some little, <laughs> some little, uh, yeah, turn of phrase oh, or yeah. He's been waiting to get to that thousand points, and when it happens, Jim Pete's just talking on the mic. I guess, <laughs> I guess you, you know, as Ben's though, I guess you just that's a lesson to be like, hey, you got to once it happens, you got to butt in no matter what. He's being yeah. too nice there letting his, letting his partner finish i think he's gonna be like dave hit that mute button on his yeah, mic really. yeah. <laughs> hit the cough button uh good times good wolfie all right uh it's game time we're at the end of the show 
don't go anywhere. This is uh, this is often uh, the best part of the show, you guys. So uh, you're missing out. It's if a little you, too uh, much pressure for tonight. If you if you if you, lose, if you leave the game here, so I, uh, it's not that great of a game tonight. Well, you know. I'm just but trying to keep people I got a, around. I got Scott. a couple questions around. All it's right. uh, you know, it's about some record-setting performances this week, you know, as it is. So I yeah. ask you about the new record and some of the records it beat. So one thousand threes. I want to attack you, Neil. First, Carl Anthony Towns now owns the record in the AT&T Center. Most points scored by a player in the AT&T Center. Which is funny, because do you know who scored the most points at the Target Center? Mm, I feel like we do this one often. That's uh, that's Tony Parker, right? Tony Parker's 52? No, at Arkansas. I got you. It's a trick question. It's Towns. Uh, Tony Parker scored the most by an opposing player. Opponent, yep. He had, uh, yeah, I do have it down here. He scored 55 points. And Towns has more than that. Double huh? overtime game. Towns' best uh, performance center. before he had 60. Do you know how much he had scored? What his previous no, best I don't was? even remember this one. It's uh, 56 points against Atlanta in oh. March 2018. He oh. scored 56. It was his previous high. Um, so that was, he beat his own the record. The Butler year? No, that was 18 No, this, yeah. so this is his. No, it, I guess it would have been. It was Butler year. That was 17-18. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that would have been a Butler year. I mean, yeah. March, I think Jimmy was wow. out at that point. 56. But 56 points in the game. And wow. So he beat his own record to establish that 60 I should have known record. you wouldn't go back to that Tony Parker one. Oh, it was going to be a question. Because <laughs> it was the thing I brought up. I wrote in my notes when, when they said it on the broadcast that he owns the record here. I was like, that's so funny because the Spur owns the record at oh, Target yeah. Center. I thought the exact same thing until that's I right. looked it up before this show. And that's why I had to make it a trick question. All right, Neil. Carl uh, T- Anthony Towns also set... A record for points and a half. He had 30... Oaks. I read this one wrong, Neil. I'm, I apologize to the fans at home. Points and a this half. Is, this is not an Alex Trebek moment. I'm screwing it up. Sorry, Rob. Sorry. <laughs> Towns had 36 points in the second half, but that is not the record for points and a half by a Timberwolf. Ah. Who had the record with 37 points in the half? Oh, my gosh. I don't know, but I got to... My educated guess is uh, is K-Love. Probably, probably him. Great guess. <laughs> You just got to pick a wolf who had scored 50 before. And so, Corey Brewer? This one is Mo Williams. <laughs> Mo Williams, the second half against oh. Indiana, January 13th, 2015. Wow. All right, this next one, ah, it's going to be the tough one because Town set the record for points in a quarter by a Timberwolf, 32. The previous record was 24. It was held by a point guard who wasn't here for very long. It was in 2002. He did it at Dallas in the third quarter, which is funny because this guy would eventually play for Dallas among other teams. He's kind of a journeyman. Oh. Uh, but he was a point guard that KG loved playing with, even though it was just like a half a season or a season that he was here. Is it uh, Mike James? Uh, no, it isn't. Oh, uh, uh, he uh, won a reign in Detroit. Let's see if that goes into you. Oh, Chauncey. Yes. Phillips. He had 24 points, so we really shattered that record. Wow. Um, all right, so opposing uh, teams. Uh, I already gave you the game mm-hmm. one, Tony Parker, 55. There is one player, same game, owns the record for points and a half and points and a quarter scored against the Timberwolves. Uh, he scored 36 points in the half, 33 points in a quarter. Do you know who this player is? Ooh, so it doesn't matter what building, just against the Wolves. Against the Wolves. 36 and a half, 33 and a quarter. Oh, I think I know this one. I think we saw him the other night. Is it Carmelo Anthony? I think I remember this kid. Oh, That's right. Brutal. And actually, it wasn't in the Target Center. It was just against the yeah. Wolves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was in Denver, but it was uh, December 10th, 2008. Gosh. He scored 30. And that's kind of a cat thing because Cat scored 32 in the third quarter, then four in the fourth. Yeah. And Mello scored 33 in one quarter yeah, and then game. three more in the other. But he still set the record for points in half against Amazing us. Amazing how a game 14 years ago can stick with you. Okay. This is my final question, Neil. It's kind of out there. So, you know, don't okay. feel bad if you get it wrong. All right. Tim Roll set a new record uh, with 149 points in a game. I don't expect 
expect you to know what the previous record was. We scored 144 points versus New Orleans, final game of the 2016 season. You played it pretty good. I would have said like, you know, like 66. Or, you know, yeah, like. totally. Um, so it was the last game of the season, 2016. Okay. Think about the 2016-15-16 season. Oh, man. Okay. What's going on? And my question is, two Timberwolves scored 28 points in that game. This is the lead, the team. Towns was one of them at 28 points. That's kind of the easy one. Who was the other player with 28 points? Wow. Um, well, I think this was the year that this was like the Tibbs' first year, I think, where, um, where uh, yeah, it was they were bad. But I think they had lost Levine by this point. I mean, I'm getting my ears confused, but um, it's it's in that era. So, because uh, what did you say, a 15-16? It was, yeah, 15-16. This 15-16. is in April 2016, final game of the season. Um, so Towns was one of them that scored 20, 28 in a game. Yeah. They both had 28 in That's a game. That's right. It was the last time the Timberwolves, they had 144 Who points. Who else was on this that record. team? I'm to, I'm I can give you a little a, hint. It's not a Wiggins another, or a Another good win for us at the end of that season was against the Golden State Warriors. Remember how we were one oh of their nine gosh. losses in the season? They okay. went 73 and nine. And one of those nine losses was to a tanking Timberwolves uh, team. I think I know this, where this is going. Is the answer Shabazz Muhammad? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I would not have got it without Shabazz, that hint. Shabazz. Because he had a huge game in that. Yeah, he You're was saying great. like that was like in the same week or yeah, two so weeks. it was like yeah. the same like week or so because that was also an April end of the season game. The Warriors just dropped it. I mean, the Warriors could. I, I that's my one stat about that season. I'll always remember is the Warriors set an NBA record seventy three and nine. One of those nines was against a Timberwolves team that. Let's see here. I, I can bring up their, their win total from that season. Let's see. I think they were like the third worst record or the second worst record. Like. Uh, 29 and 53 that season. Yeah, so. pretty bad. Pretty yeah, bad. That's, pretty uh, bad. That's, that's a good one. I'm, really, I'm glad that anytime Shabazz Muhammad could be a, a trivia answer. I think we ended up with the third pick because I think Tibbs came in and took Chris Dunn mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, away. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think Unless that's right. Two. Nope. Dun, yeah, did, Dunn was the first pick, right? And then yep. Okogie was the second one that Tibbs yep, did. Because after Tibbs' first year, we were kind of higher in the ranks. Actually, we yep. had traded away our own pick. The pick that we used with Okogie was uh, the one we got for trading Ricky. Okay, yeah. We got a pick back from the That's Utah right. Jazz. That That's became right. Okogie at 20. Yeah, but yeah, they did that. They had that. Yeah, they had done. But then that was the thing. It was like, oh, Chicago wants done, and then we hung on to him. And then the next year, it was like, oh, they're going to trade Dunn. I always Is say, Dunn going to be in the, in I the mean, deal? People look at that because obviously we chose Dunn over like Jamal Murray and some other really great players who went after him. Yeah, Buddy Heald and stuff. We yeah. wanted Buddy, but yeah. obviously Jamal was really the star there. But yeah, um, I always say like, yeah, that's tough. We didn't get our guy, but I, I 100% think Tibbs only picked Chris Dunn because he knew Chicago wanted Chris Dunn. He Spite. picked he, no, I think he picked Chris Dunn because he's like, I'm going to make the Jimmy Butler trade happened this summer sure. and Chicago backed off on it or he was in the deal actually yeah, yeah he, he was, was in the deal yeah, so I Chicago backed that. off and Tim said okay I'll bide my time I'll play Chris Dunn this rookie year and when I trade for Jimmy Butler next summer he's going to be in the deal and he was Maybe was, Tibbs wasn't such a bad GM after all, you guys. No, he had his moments. He had his moments. <laughs> Scott Layden, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they were they were joined at the hip. Where are you now, Scott Layden? Yeah, hopefully. Is he still on our payroll? Hopefully, hopefully chilling somewhere. Yeah. He, he's probably had to go through a lot. All right, that does it for Wolvescast. Appreciate everybody listening. We got Town scoring 60. There's 11 games left in the season. So, uh, yeah, three more, three more Wolvescast episodes, and then it will be the end of the season slash the 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 play in uh, tournament so that'll be uh, that'll be uh, high stress but lots of fun times I think in that time so we'll keep you uh, yeah locked I mean in. I've seen a lot of people you know debate the play in now that we're in seven and we're gonna suffer from it. I kind of made a joke earlier in the show but you got to remember the wolves are 
largely responsible for the play in our game one our game 82 against the nuggets to get into the playoffs Huge. was so much fun the entire yeah. nba watched everyone was raving about how good of a game it was i think it was one of the factors in deciding like hey having these one game playoffs is kind of fun you know yeah. so i think also curbing tanking which has been a huge success like now only like five teams tank instead yeah. of like 15 yeah that's true it's a good point <laughs> in the last half in the last like month of the season so like, like I, said, I understand the frustration like having the timberwolves be in seven it's just and, weird when they're uh, they're 10 games like out of right you that's know, the, they're 10 games that's the one the that i think spot. is like we should have a floor like you have to win 42 games you have to be at least 500 to qualify for a playing game you can't be 10 games under 500 and get i wonder if like a game. pro league would ever do something like that complicated that just seems like too complex it's already like a complicated system where it's like seven plays eight and then the winner goes yeah. on but then they the whoever loses gets one more shot and they play the winner of 10 uh, 9 10 it's All, just like it's always complicated people learn <laughs> people learn it's not like more complicated than the crazy wild card system the baseball yeah. You know, so I feel like people would get it. And I think people would respect it too, being like, yo, you don't qualify this year. Why? Because you had a losing record, you know? Well, like, and we said it earlier, it's like Adam Silver's been on this stuff. So if it's actually a thing that could be done and there's actually like enough like heat in the league about yeah. that, like it'll get done. So But I guess the point is like they want to encourage something where like, oh, your superstar was out for the first five months of the season, you have a terrible losing record, but can you make a two month push with your superstar and make it super exciting for NBA fans? Maybe then it's like, okay, you had a losing record, but you were like a huge winning team when your superstar was there so i don't know yeah it helps balance like a lot the, the regular season has lost importance over the last like five to seven years yeah um because of all the resting and there's too many games and stuff and it helps balance the importance of like the early part of the season with the end of the season it's you true know, we, so wouldn't, like we wouldn't be watching the scoreboard every night for dallas and denver if we were guaranteed the seventh seed we'd exactly. be like yeah it's great we're guaranteed the seventh seed it's cool uh-huh you know it'd be nice if we moved up and we could play or maybe one of you know we could say yeah we want to move up and play warriors in the first round no we don't let's yeah. stay with seven yeah. like Grizz. you know it'd be more about that instead of just like we got to do everything i mean we're playing like playoff basketball every night because we feel the heat we're trying to get out of that seven spot so i guess you could say it's been good for the, the, the comp- competitive play yeah yeah that's the main thing they're trying to fix so yeah we'll uh hopefully the, the systems burn us it, well, we'll see if we have to do something special, you know, like maybe a special pod or something or have a live event. I Day doubt of. that. We, we talk about that. We rarely do it. But maybe we can think of something fun. It's a special season. So. Right. It's our first time literally coming up with the idea. So we'll talk about it <laughs> off the mic. And uh, you can tune in next week and we'll learn more. All right. We'll talk to everybody uh, next week for uh, uh, that episode of Wolfcast. See you then. I'm too physical. Maybe I'm not with the. With the game, you do hack. Right you now. do hack a lot. You, not do that, hack. you do foul a lot. What's the definition of hack? Someone who fouls a lot. The, and if the ref doesn't call it, that means it isn't a foul. You've been top. Th- you've been top three or top twenty in the NBA three times in your career in total fouls. You foul. You foul. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>